The Cardiff City Show on GTFM is sponsored by Moonerums, your local personal injury solicitors. Get in touch by calling Cardiff 02920 483 615. That's Cardiff 02920 483 615. So welcome along once again to the uh, Cardiff City phone-in. And on the panel tonight, we have the return of Nigel Blues, who... Um, is the well more than adequate replacement for for Alworth? I think over the over these last <laughs> couple of games, well, it's only one Alworth. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you've done you've done your romantic bit more or less, Nigel. You, you sort yeah, of that happy yeah. Valentine's Day. Uh, yeah, just done, just got the valent done the duty. I think I was talking to you last week, Steve. When I remember uh, a few years ago, it was Jason Kumas here, so we went away to Luton on Valentine's night, and there was a oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We had the whole ground in aesthetics because we were thinking we were only here because we're single. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a it's a weird one, Valentine's, and it's a it's, it's it a weird one. I went out for a meal with my, my wife yesterday. I think that counts. Alex Wallace, thanks for joining us tonight. Um, and Alex, we will talk about this in a bit, but um, obviously you're associated with the Canton End and you do some live streaming and you're a sports journalism student. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm interested in what you do with that. So we'll, we'll maybe we'll maybe come on to that in a bit. And I know you're involved in lots of podcasts and stuff. So the first thing I'll ask you about is um, obviously the winning run, you know, came, came to an end um, on, on the weekend. Only 2-1, you know, not, not not the worst result in the world, but it seemed like, according to Steve Morrison, it was almost kind of a, a game too far. We, were, you know, we weren't, we weren't quite, we weren't quite on it. I don't know whether you 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 saw much of the, the highlights of the footage of it at all, Alex. Um, I managed to watch the, the whole game actually um, okay. through, through Cardiff City TV. And to be honest, the first half, it, after watching Peterborough on Wednesday, it was like watching a different team. We've seen that a few times though um, recently in in recent weeks, recent months. You know, we, we'll have a really good. Uh, performance really good spell and then you know we'll turn up a completely different team um the next game steve morrison's right when he says that perhaps that was a bit too much for us i don't think um we're very used to the physical battle we haven't really seen it especially on wednesday it wasn't a physical game against peterborough and then you look at millwall and we haven't been lucky at the den over the recent years so i wasn't really looking at results uh, before going into it but uh, I did think we were going to hold on for the draw, and then unfortunately, the the defence kept you know returned the the mistakes, and we sort of lost our ground a little bit. But we had the the penalty incident as well before conceding, so that, yeah. that played its part. Well, let let I tell you what, let's go, let's go to the penalty incident first, um, because I I I I didn't actually catch a game on the weekend. I, I didn't actually realise on the Cardiff City TV. I would I would definitely one thousand percent have watched it, I'm digging around, and then um. There was some sort of, I don't know, some sort of kickabout going on in Cardiff with a, with a funny shaped ball that didn't roll properly. I just so I couldn't get any coverage anywhere. You know, I just so I just gave up, gave up on it. You know, what, what? Actually, can I just go? Into, can I just, can I just say, you know, what, why? Um, you know, for sports journalism students, a different topic altogether. But you know, it, it bugs the living hell out of me. This this urban myth that rugby is the national game of Wales. You know, football is the probably okay. We had the Super Bowl last night, and that that's a big event. But football has got to be right up there as one of the most popular sports on planet Earth. You know, yeah, planet Earth, where we definitely. all live. You know, that thing that spins around in the sky. You know, that we all, that we all live on. Um, anyway. <laughs> I'll leave that one for now. Let's go back to the penalty. Um, so, Alex, um, the pen, from what from what I can see of it, um, and what Steve Morrison's comment, the, the point was made, you know, you have to, it's to, to do with posture, you know, natural posture and unnatural posture. But he seemed to be, you know, like basically 
running, running like, you know, we can't see on the radio people, but running with, you know, like flapping his arms in the air. If that's yeah. how you run, that's a new one on me. You know? <laughs> What's that about? Big Bird or something, is it? What's that? You know? No, I, I watched and, you know, in the moment you see it's not a natural movement. He, he's literally dived backwards to get his hand on the ball. And you, know, you, you don't see goalkeepers making saves like that, to, to be honest. When they say it's natural position, it's you look at it from so many perspectives. I mean, it's been freeze-framed. It's been, you know, the amount of screenshots that are posted on social media with different angles. And you think to yourself, there's a linesman right in line with that. How aren't, how aren't they seeing that? And mm. it's oh, I don't know. It's EFL haven't been haven't been great with officiating this season, especially no. against us. However, Nigel, um, we had VAR apparently at Liverpool, yeah. you know, and that didn't make much difference, did it? No, well, it is it's, as they call it, Liverpool. It's, it's LA VAR, isn't it? When it's Liverpool, it's Liverpool, <laughs> like uh, and it worked for them last week. And um, yeah, I think it was quite bizarre, isn't it? I think Cardiff and Swansea are the only teams. In yeah. all four divisions, I believe, who haven't had a penalty this season, not just in the championship. You, you know when there will be one then, don't you? Yeah, it'll be when we play. <laughs> and probably for yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it's frustrating, isn't it? Because it, that was a nailed-on penalty. I, I think I can forgive the referee because from what I could see of the, the footage, he was probably directly behind the line of play, so he might not have seen... Ian Holloway said that, didn't he? Yeah, I but think, the, yeah. the linesman, yeah, as Alex said, he was parallel with it nothing no obstruction at all so why he wouldn't raise a flag i've got no idea is absolute bizarre decision I, I mean i don't know why he got into that position anyway because that shot from what i could see was going wide anyway um yeah, so yeah. i don't think it was on target but yeah clearly you, trying to, to block it so it was, it was deliberate deliberate handball in the box you know and there it is for all to see it's yeah. above the end it was Clark, I think Holloway said it was Superman style he was it was like Clark Kent wasn't it, it was yeah, that sort yeah, of yeah, position yeah. as he's diving across the penalty area <laughs> wow bizarre, bizarre. But yeah we yeah. we don't get those decisions I, I do think uh, as Alex said I, I watched the, the whole 90 minutes um, and and the to be honest Cardiff Millwall games they, they're never great spectacles yeah. I think until this season, I think they had six or eight draws on the bounce. Most of them were nil-nil. And, and the game at Cardiff earlier in the season, I think, was a pretty poor game and just livened up second half. And we won 3-1 that day. And it was all, more or less a similar story in reverse on Saturday. Um, the first half was as poor a 45 minutes as you could see in any division all yeah. season. Nothing was happening. There was a, a lot of physical interaction going on, a bit of a niggly game. Nothing dirty, but... You know, um, it, it, it just didn't help. There was no flow to the game at all. Second half, it opened up a bit. Cardiff, I would say, had the chances. I can remember um, Hugh Gill missing a free header almost underneath the bar from a corner. Yeah. And had we scored first or got the penalty first, I think that would have, it was just one of those games. It would have gone our way. We would have come away with three points. They got the first goal. And that first, you know, the, the errors leading up to that goal were poor. And then the second goal was equally poor. And we, uh, Away we go again. Um, yeah, we if we had kept uh, our defence tight, we could have gone on and got that uh, a winner ourselves. Because so I did I, feel we were starting to look the better, stronger team in the second half. But that goal just we just fell away with as soon as that first goal went in. Talk talk, talk me through the two goals because I, I actually I confess I know it's terrible. I, I haven't actually I haven't actually seen the goals. I, I heard the first one. Um, I think it was did, did it come from a corner, which was uh, unnecessarily given away. Yeah, well, you, you can go back before that. Millwall had a free kick 
towards the edge of our area that uh, was unnecessary for us to concede. A bit like the first goal for Liverpool last the week. The Volks Challenger. Yeah, the Volks Challenger. It was, a, you know, just a bit. I think it was uh, Doyle, if I remember right, who, who didn't have the, the greatest. It wasn't his sort of game no. on Saturday. I think he gave away a free kick. Um, the free kick was driven straight into one of our defenders. I can't even remember who it was, or it just looped up in the air. Mm. And instead of just cleaning up field, it, someone just put in a, a really poor header that just fell outside the area. Yeah, ball went wide, came back in, nothing on for Millwall. As Smithies was there, and for some reason just dropped it for a corner. Mm. And in the corner itself, it was a nothing ball across the box. It even bounced on the way across the box for the. The left back to head it in on the far post. You know, it was a good controlled header, yeah. but how it even got across the penalty header to him was silly. So you're talking about a catalogue of errors that led to that goal, yeah. not just the corner itself. So, like you say, I mean, I've been to many Cardiff City Millwall games. I can't remember. I can't remember a great one. I can remember memorable games, but not always for the right reason. But you know, that's another yeah. story. I, I can uh, remember us winning four 0 there on a Sunday. Um, well, oh wow! Seventies, early eighties. Yeah, and I can't even remember. What, talked about it a couple of city fans i can't even remember why it was played on a, a sunday because it was at a time when they only used to get the occasional live game on tv but this one was on a sunday for some reason and hmm. of course winning four nil at the old den um millwall didn't take to that too kindly and we were no, in the ground no. for, for quite a long time after that game finished before hmm. any of the met would let us out um and it was a 3-3 there a couple of years ago i can't even oh, okay. remember the game where the city fan hmm. fell from the top tier of the stand um, but that yeah. was a cracking game, that one. And I think Steve Morrison actually scored a last-minute equaliser for Millwall in that game, ironically. Yeah. Um, it was a time when he was their centre-forward. But uh, other than that, yeah, they're p- mm. pretty dull affairs, aren't they? They're just they're, they're just battles, and they're, they're, they're not spectacles at all. Uh, yeah, and that the, was more the same. The saving grace there, Alex, of course, was that, you know, the, all the other results kind of went for us, really. We could have done with the Swansea-Bristol game being a draw, but the, the other three teams below us uh, went down. And, and in particular, maybe surprisingly to me, Derby getting battered at Middlesbrough, which I didn't see coming because they, 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 they've been doing fairly well. Um, so, you know, we haven't lost anything in, in that regard. I mean, we only lost by the odd goal. But Joel Joel Bagan getting the goal, the point, point being made him Mark Ponting, let's hear for Joel Bagan, you know, a couple of good games in, in a row. I was really, really pleased that he got the goal because, um, firstly, it means he's, the right, he's at the right end of the pitch, so he's starting to attack, and the more confident he can get, you know, uh, and I think I think he's got he's got it's more to come from Joel Bagan, would you say, Alex? Yeah, definitely. Um, we've been praising his name for for a week or so now um, over on the Canton end on on the social media, um, but you know, we we have similar replies up until he sort of scored that. He, he did look a bit out of his depth, and we saw him come alive against Liverpool, especially. Mm. Um, but to say he was out of his depth up until that point would probably be an accurate statement. You know, he was a bit vulnerable to to come out of his comfort zones, um, to go forward. You know, to stop hugging the touchline, which he does now. And yeah, I think he reaped his own rewards on Saturday. It was you know he, he got up the pitch and he had a few chances. I mean, he, there was that one chance. Um, Nigel, I don't know if you saw it when he put like three defenders on the floor. Brilliant. Bit of fancy Brilliant. Yeah, he, uh, he turned two of them inside out, didn't he? Inside the penalty area. Um, and it didn't quite open up for him for the shot. It was on his right foot, wasn't it? So he, he didn't, it was sort of, he thought twice about the shot and he was blocked by the time he, he went for it. But um, I, I think what happened with Began was the, the potential's there, the promise is there. But if you remember, there was no cover for him really in the season. 
Um, and he was overplayed because it's like a lot of the youngsters we're seeing, you know, you put him in a couple of games, take him out, put him back in again, and and they're fine. But if you're going to play him every week, they're going to lose it a little bit like Isaac Davis, Carl Will have. Um, Bacon had to play every week until the point he was, they just overused him and he was he lost his confidence. And I think he's needed that time out. He's come back refreshed. There is competition now. If he doesn't perform, someone else will take his place. And I think it's it's all to the benefit of the club and for Joel himself. And he's, he's come He's looking really good going forward, isn't he? Positionally, he gets caught once or twice at the back, but um, yeah. I think he's a great uh, forward option for City. And in the system they play, perfect. Yeah, and I watched him in the in the under-23s the other week, um, and uh, I think it was Carlos Swansea, actually. I don't know what drew my attention to that game, but I was watching that, that <laughs> match. And, uh, you know, every every time I see him, and, um, and at that time he was kind of totally out of favour, uh, Nigel. Yeah. He's one of those players, when you see him, you know, I know, I know it's an old man thing to say, but man, he looks so young, doesn't he? You know, he, he, he looks yeah, just like a, a young kid, doesn't he? He looks just like a young terrible. kid. I saw, uh, there was a photo on Twitter I saw last night of um, someone who bumped into Isaac Davis and Bagan in the services. And I think, God, they should be doing GCSEs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Idolized by it, by old men, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> It's, yeah, they um, do look so young. He does. <laughs> hmm. But I, 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 I've said to you, we said, I think we talked about it last week. You know, I think we both rate Joel Bacon, um, and and he's come through the system. He's not exactly one of our own. He's not, he's not not a Welshman, yeah. I don't think. But he, he's come he's come through the system, and I'm really pleased to see that he's he's uh, acclimatizing to you know uh, being the attacking being being prepared to attack and and ha- and having a go. So I think naturally he's more more like more more accustomed to playing as an out and out uh, left back. Um, hello to Tony Buckley, by the way, of uh, on the radio who's uh, listening in today. Um, take him down a fire escape, turn, and we'll, we'll we'll talk about that one some other time. Um, so uh, looking at the looking at the at the uh, at the squad as well on on the weekend, um, Collins and Bakuna, right in particular, uh, Nelson I think still got an injury. Um, you know, none of them in the squad. Bakuna sitting in the stand, and then Colwell, um, Alex, just before the game, uh, unfortunately, it looks like he's going to be out for a little while. Goes down with with a un- very unfortunate injury, and then Eli King comes in, and Bakuna's still there. You know, kind of, you know, carrying the bags and getting the off-time oranges. You know, yeah, he is. Um, Bakuna is a is an interesting one, especially when you talk to any any fan. I mean. Like we haven't seen him since the Bournemouth red card, um, no, which no. you know you think yeah you you miss a few games, but he genuinely hasn't had a look in, and I don't think he will because I think now we've accustomed that three in midfield, and when one of those don't play, we've got the options. I mean, you know, you have got Eli King, you've, you've even got Sam Bowen who's playing under twenty three. Yeah, yeah that's a good call. There's a good call. Um, we we were poised to the question actually on our podcast today about Sam Bowen and, and there was three of us there and we all said, you know, I think it's it's about time he does get a run out. Um yeah. Do you know, know what, Alex? That's such a good call. I, I was I was thinking earlier, you know, it, with Colwell being out, there was a kind of a hint from Steve Morrison that gives an opportunity to someone else. He's the natural one, isn't he? Yeah, I'd say so. Um I've watched him many a time for the under twenty threes. I, I like watching them when you can. Um, through Cardiff City TV and for free as well, hopefully. Yeah, hey. <laughs> and he he's the one that stands out to me. Um, yeah. you know, I, I sort of rate him a little bit higher than than Eli King in t- in terms of ability in midfield. I don't know much about Eli King. Uh, no, it's it's an interesting one with Eli yeah. because you see him. You know, he's been picked 
a lot recently by by Steve Morrison. But you know, before sort of people were talking about him, I hadn't actually seen much of him compared to what I'd seen of you know players that we've sent on loan, for example, Keenan Evans, Keenan Patton. I was always seeing you know more about them rather than Eli King, which was interesting to me when we loaned so many and he stayed. Um, only to feature against Liverpool on that on that Sunday. So, um, yeah, but for me, I think with Colwell out, um, it does leave a gap. But at the same time, I think Colwell is still trying to find his natural position in the team. Uh, I don't think he can play the flat midfield. Um, no, no. You know, if, if we do operate with a 10, I think he, he does that job pretty well. Um, and up front in a two, sometimes he, he can, you know, he yeah. can create different things. But um, I definitely would call up Sam Bowen from the under-23s yeah. with the I, amount I, of fixtures we've got coming up especially. Have you seen much of Eli King uh, at all, Nigel? No, he did play, I think it might have been the Brighton game uh, in the League Cup earlier in the season where they, they blooded mm. a few youngsters that night and um, I remember him doing well that night, but yeah, I'm with Alex uh, and yourself, Steve. I think Sam Bowen is, has shown well when he's had chances for City and yeah. I can't remember the last game he played for us. He played the League game before we got injured. He was pretty much man of the match down at um, Cardiff City Stadium earlier in the season. Um, and yeah, I'm far more aware of Sam Bowen. And to be honest, I was a little bit surprised that Eli King got the nod over him at Anfield. But uh, it might be that Sam Bowen's still not back to full fitness yet. And that's yeah. a factor. But I think what we will see in the next few weeks, providing we, you know, we get a few points and we get ourselves safe, which is the priority with 12 points clear with what, 15, 16 games to go. So hopefully we will be clear and safe over the next month with the amount of games coming up. Yeah. I think you, you will see the likes of Sambo and some more of the youngsters get a lot more game time in the last few weeks of the season. And Bakuna, you're quite right, Steve, his best position is carrying oranges for us. Um, but <laughs> yeah, his career, his time at Cardiff is over, isn't it? Unless they oh, get a, a, a substantial injury crisis. Um, it, I, I mean, it, And I think that red card at Bournemouth has finished him. Yeah, with yeah. yeah it, seems, it seems to be the case. I mean, you know... Um, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not, there's not a lot of City fans who who, who, who can, you know, um, really uh, s- support uh, Bakuna. Unfortunately, I don't, I'm not I'm not aware of any fans uh, that that he, that he has. He has had the occasional good game, but I mean the writing's on the wall now. We're sitting, you seeing kids coming in before him, but but leads us on to another part of that kind of equation as well. Um, you know, we talked about Colwell and picking up that unfortunate knock. Looks like he's not going to be out. They're not going to be back till next week uh, at the earliest. But well, um, no real great surprise, I suppose. But you know, Isaac Vassell, Nigel, um, apparently uh, had another uh, setback, and you know, effectively, he ain't going to play for us again. You know, pretty well. He, he's out for the season, and that's the end of his contract. And bye bye. So, what's your take on 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 that? I mean, I, I'm I'm sure, not to put words in your mouth. I would imagine as a human being, you kind of feel sorry for the player to some extent. He's had that run of injuries, but yeah, hasn't turned out to be a great sign, has he? No, you've got to feel sorry for him. But then again, you know, absolutely as a footballer, I feel sorry for him because he he obviously wants to play. He, you know, it's not his fault. His his body's breaking down on him all the time. And from what I can gather, his first training session back and he's he's crocked himself again. It's, it's awful for him on a a human level. Um, how sorry can I feel for someone who's got paid 1.4 million pound in three years for sitting at home? I'm not, you know, I'd love to have that if I wasn't feeling too great, you know. But it's just dreadful business by Cardiff City, isn't it? It's, oh, it's one of those Neil Warnock signings, dare I say it? So, yeah. just, um, just... one of a number of signings that we've seen. Yeah, um, yeah. but was... you know, he at Birmingham, he had serious injuries. He had an ACL. 
He was at Birmingham. He played five games in two seasons, starts in two seasons. And then we gone signed for £2 million. Pounds just just to say, just to, uh, and, just to, just to say in, his, in, his, in, in, in the defence, I suppose, of, of, of Cardiff City, there were two other clubs who were looking to sign him at the time. Yeah. But maybe we just, you know, we, 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 we got the poison chalice. I suppose. Yeah, and I think if you remember right, he, he's from the West Country, isn't he? I think he's down from Devon or Cornwall. So Neil Warnock knew of him when he was playing non-league football because Neil lives down in um, in Plymouth, and I think yeah. there was a connection. He knew of him yeah. from his. I think he played for Truro, if I remember right. He scored a load there, so wow. that's when he was on the Warnock um, radar. But even so, you know, for, it's just a one of those things that the old Cardiff City under Warnock when Warnock had many. He made some terrible transfer decisions. And when you look at that one, £2 million for someone who had real injury issues and uh, significant breakdowns at the time. So uh, the package itself cost £3.5 million for three years, and we had 91 minutes of football out of it. Wow. Um, Having said that... That's not including the medical bills, don't forget. We won't be cheap either. (laughs) Having having said that, Alex, his strike rate's pretty good, one in three. <laughs> to be fair, I, I think I made a joke once about Vassell. I think he's uh, the best goals to game ratio of a, of a player. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but well, no, I, um, I wasn't yeah. thinking he that last second winner against Luton, didn't he? Didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> that was that was a fantastic moment, and that was. Yeah, it. I mean, on five minutes, I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was one of those. I think you've seen it. You know, you've seen it recently with Uche off the bench. We thought that that's what Vassell would have been when yeah, he off the yeah. bench and scored that winner. And then, you know, I think I, I agree with Nye you just got to feel sorry for him in a way from a human perspective but it's cost the club extensial amounts of money um and you've seen the business that we're doing now you know that money that we've spent on Vassal over the years could have benefited us in many different areas um yeah. if we'd have been so dominant in the loan market um as we are now for example there's a good comment coming in from chris hughes jones alex um he comes up with good stuff chris actually he, he reckons neil warnock signed him on the back of a reference from a from a Birmingham City goalkeeper. That's um, what he says. That's what he says. Not aware of that, but to be <laughs> honest, I mean, it wouldn't, you know, I don't know. Neil Warnock was interesting with his signings. I mean, you know, there's plenty of them still here. Um, but, I mean, at the time, probably, yeah, um, if there was interest from other clubs, like, in a way, it's one of those things. He had the injury record and, and we still decided to pay the fee. So there was clearly yeah. something there that, you know, as a club, we probably saw he could have been a decent player, but mm. I mean, it it just hasn't worked out, and I don't know why we haven't got rid of him sooner because he's just been using the facilities to to well, recover from injury after injury. Yeah, I mean, he, he, every time, every time he's come back, unfortunately, every time, you know, he, he, he's had he's had a setback. I don't, you know, I I I, I dare say I, I doubt, you know. I doubt for his future in, in 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 football. You know, I hope I'm wrong. But, yeah, I think by, yeah. from all accounts, he's a he's a, he's a hell of a nice guy. Um, yeah. and he, and he's he's wanted to do well here. So I think the club have wanted to support him and give him every chance in a way that probably yeah. someone like Lee Tomlin, who you know gave him a lot more challenges. Let's say you know, yeah. so they were yeah. quite happy to terminate and cut that contract short and give give Vassell every chance to try and get fit. But yeah, it's just not worked out unfortunately, and it's it's a shame to see, but. Um, you know, these Neil Warnock signings, this summer, we're going to have something like 20 to £30 million pounds worth of Neil Warnock signings leaving out of contract this summer for nothing. It's it's a damning indictment. Big money signings. Well, 
But Josh Murphy is obviously is is the epi- the epitome of that. You know, a couple of years back, you were walking down the city ground, and there's big, huge posters of Josh Murphy up on the you know the side of the ground, and he you know he, he came for big money. I was excited when we signed him, you know, and he had his moments, but he's just another one who's flattered to, de- to deceive, really, hasn't he? Well, again, the talent is there, isn't it? You know, absolutely, that first, is there. Um, totally there. That first half of the season in the Premier League, I thought he was fantastic. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know what whether it's something in his mentality, is it his attitude? He's, he's not one for the physical side of the game, no, <laughs> you know, no, no, no doubt yeah. in that. Um, mm. And it, and again, he started getting a lot of quite a few injury troubles as well. But it's a shame to see players like that who mm. get you off your seat, don't they? When they're when they're when they're in form and flying, and they can produce those moments of magic, that's what you go to football for to see those sort of things. And he, um, yeah. unfortunately, it's all too rare with Josh Murphy. He's got a goal in him as well, hasn't he? You know, but yeah. here we are. That, yeah. that, that, that is what it is. Um, is Collins going to get a look in now, do you think, Alex? You know, with uh, Icchiaccio and uh, Hugill, you know, his third choice. I mean, he's in the stand as well, isn't he? Third choice. I'd put him about sixth choice, to be honest. Um, James Collins, you look at him. Um, look, I, he's been a little bit better in terms of how he's played under Steve Morrison, but he's still not as good as what we have. You know, uh, you can go through... Uche, Jordan Hugo, Mark Harris, Ruben Colwell when he's fit, Isaac Davis. You know, he's about fifth or sixth choice in my eyes. Um, unless we have a, an injury crisis in, in attack, I don't see any point of him really, you know, coming on to play, maybe bring him on one or, once or twice. But, I mean, we're seeing now, you know, we've got Hugo and, and Davis are my preferred two to start, um, probably tomorrow, though. For example, I, I'd start Uche. And then, you know, we haven't seen Hugo off the bench yet. Um, Uche has very much been our option off the bench so far. Um, and I think that when you look at those two in particular, mm. you can't really, I don't know of, of anyone I speak to anyway that would put Collins ahead of those two, especially. And then you've got Isaac Davis, who's got, you know, one of the best work rates I've ever seen on a, on a young attacker. He, he doesn't stop from, from the time he comes on to the time he goes off. Yeah, I I love I love watching him play. I, I did say on the last show that I, I you know I'm not, I'm not claiming credit, Nigel. I'm just saying I I would have started with Hugo and Davis for the for the yeah. for the for the Peterborough game, and uh, I just I just love um he I, I just lo- I love his attitude. Um, he doesn't seem to be scared of anything. He just takes people on. He just Terry is an absolute nightmare at this level, isn't he? Yeah, you know Bellamy is his idol, isn't he? And he, that's where he yeah. wears the thirty-nine yeah. shirt, and he and he got the same approach and attitude yeah, yeah. but it's, it's the old thing isn't it if you've got players running at defenders with pace you unnerve them and um his his pace is quite frightening uh, the way he set up that first goal against peterborough from nothing mm. uh when he sort of beat a defender to the ball on the byline and then fantastic composure to square it for joe rolls as well because most most players in that position would have just lofted a ball over the middle but he looked up saw him played along the floor to him beautiful finish by joe rolls what, what a talent yeah, he's got a bit. Yeah, I think he's got a he's got a big future. I said the other week he reminds me slightly of slightly of. I suppose it's a stature, kind of Carl Dale esque. You know, he's probably faster than yeah. Carl even, but yeah. he's that kind of you know a nippy kind of small smaller player, isn't isn't he? Um, firstly, you Nigel, and I'll come to Alex with the same question. Um, the key for more injury, you know. <sighs> so you know, broken foot, pretty well out for well, probably most of the season to come now. Um, I've seen people being not that displeased because he left us and all that, but you know, uh, looking above and beyond that, it's 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 not insignificant for Wales, is it? No, not at all. It's the last thing 
I wanted to see. I mean, yeah, it's 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 a shame what you know the way it's gone this season for Kiefer Moore, and I, I don't think he's helped himself in some ways. I don't think his his agent has helped him in some ways. Um, but you'd want to see a player, you know, only played three minutes of football for Bournemouth and he and um, broke yeah. his foot in that time. Quite yeah. incredible. Um, coming on top of what injuries he had with Cardiff, these COVID tests where he, you know, wasn't probably wasn't looking after himself, right? Taking the vaccinations and after that, giving COVID problems three times in the season, if you believe the reports. Um, yeah, he's just had a, an awful season and it's he's at an age and a stage where I don't think going to Bournemouth is, is doing him any great favours anyway. I think I mentioned it on Twitter at the weekend. Is Bournemouth have got 10 attacking options. It's not like the Cardiff where, you know, we've got three or four and we're blessed with that. It's been two all season. And really, uh, you know, if you look at the, the other nine players, there's no way that Kiefer will ever be a first choice in that Bournemouth side this season, even if fit. Um, so I, I don't think he's... he's had, it's a great move for him football-wise. If he gets to the Premier League, he's laughing. He's probably got a good salary there. But for Wales uh, and for his playing football, I don't think he's done himself any favours for that move. And unfortunately, that injury has just compounded it. Alex? Grand scheme of, of Welsh football, I, I think Wales are going to struggle. We're going to struggle in the playoffs without him. I mean, you know, you separate for me club football and international football to look at this situation when Kiefer Moore... Um, as a as a country and as we look at how we play uh, at national level, he's been a pivotal part of, of the last few games that we have played. And he, for me, would have been a guaranteed starter in the playoffs. Um, I think we're going to... I mean, look, since then, I mean, there's been plenty of players that have come through. I mean, you, you look at Brennan Johnson, I mean, Isaac Davis of our own. But I think without Kiefer Moore in, in that Wales team, we lose a lot of physical presence in attack. Um you can bring the youngsters in, you know, that they're, they're pacey. We could cause, you know, trouble to, to Austria in particular, but without having a physical element um, that we're used to having for Wales, you know, he he would score the odd header, he'd get on the end of a loose ball and without Kiefer up front, it's it's going to hinder, I think, how we play and it'll give Rob Pidge a, a hair dick on who he selects over him. But I think um, Nige is spot on. I don't think the Bournemouth move was, was beneficial in, in football terms. Um, as you say, you know, if if they get to the Premier League, he's rubbing his hands. That's that's what he's gone there to do is is to go to the Premier League. But um, you know, you do look though if you if you just stayed at us, um, there's the the paramount of what if. But um, I think that there isn't really any move that he could have had other than than Bournemouth that you know benefit him as a, as a footballer. You know, he was either stay at us, become a bit. I don't know. I think he, he would have gone out of favour with with the likes of Isaac Davis, but again, I think it's more of a what if 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 he had uh, would have stayed. There's uh, um, I think Schadenfreude is the name of the word I'm looking for. Um, uh, Garrett Garrett Cole. It's 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 called karma, perhaps. Chose his game and uh, games and lost interest. Stopped running for us, but it's shame for Wales. So it's kind of it's kind of mixed mixed feelings about it, I suppose, aren't there? You know, when we think about Nigel, what. You know, twenty goal striker. We haven't had many of them growing on trees recently, have we? You know. No, and <laughs> yeah, but you know, we obviously we weren't at the stadium to see the games last season, unfortunately, with the pandemic. But when you looked at the performances he was putting in last season, he's not replicated the performances. Never mind the the goals, because um, he was fantastic on the ball, wasn't he? He'd run the channels, he'd take defenders with him, he'd pull him apart. He's just not had that same presence this season. Hasn't been helped because they haven't had great service and support. And he's been so isolated in, in games I saw earlier this season. But to be honest, he wasn't much better than that many times last season either. 
Um, uh, I think it's just a shame. I, I, I really like Keeper more. Um, I can understand him wanting to have that last shot of the dream because he is 28, 29. He's not going to get another contract like the one he's just been offered in all probability. So on a, on a personal level, I think it's something we would all do in our jobs. You know, we, we have that, yeah. that chance of it. But yeah, you do feel he's manufactured it to a certain degree. And I think that's what um, gets to City fans. He, he yeah. definitely was upset by not I, going to Wolves last summer. And, and it showed. Yeah. And he and he made a weird comment, didn't he, Alex? You know, uh, well, you know, I mean, people people maybe don't think about too, things too much when they say things, but you know, along the lines of "I can't, I can't say too much" sort of thing, you know, in case because I, I slander people, etc. You know? Yeah, um, that was an interesting one for me when I saw it posted. I was a bit confused. Who's not telling the truth was the first thing that came to my mind. You know, is there something we don't know? Um, mm. you know personally, you know, it's not the, a wise thing to say, is it? Really? No, it's it's not. It's it's one of those. You know, why why cause so much sort of speculation? Just just be upfront with the fans. I think Steve Morrison was upfront as he could be. I think in terms of what he knew. Um, clearly, you know, Kiefer was unhappy. He, he wanted to move, as Nigel said, that the situation with Wolves in the summer completely set him back from the start of the season. Uh, I'd imagine he wanted to to leave in the summer and, you know, it, it showed on the pitch that his head wasn't really in the game and he comes, he comes on for three minutes at his new club and, you know, he's picked up an injury. It's, it's, a, it's an interesting situation with him and I just think there could have been a few easier ways with this, you know, to deal with the situation. Um it, it annoyed me more than anything how late in the transfer window it happened. I think that that move could have got done a lot sooner. We we talked about it on the show weeks ago, didn't we, Nigel? We said it's, you know, it was going to happen. It's going to happen right towards the end. Yeah, and I I think what will happen if if truth be told, there's been a, there's probably been a conversation between Kiefer's representatives and Cardiff to say if we can get a bid for you for this much, we'll sell you. And um, because I think Cardiff would would have felt by the you know the the performances, the attitude, they I don't know if they felt that. You know, all his injury lengths, you know, quite bizarre. Yet he was injured in both transfer windows and couldn't play. You yeah, know, yeah. Things like yeah. that. You, you do wonder, you know, how much has gone on in the background that's mm. sort of affected that decision. And I, I think, yeah, he'll say Cardiff might have said, yeah, we'll sell you. Cardiff might have felt that we know he wants to go. So if, if we get that offer, let's do business. Uh, and that's probably the reality of it when you get down to the detail, yeah. when it, if it ever falls out. And and to make it happen in the end, he had to pretty well put the request in, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, it, it was on him, but I, I I can imagine, you know, he, I think it's very open. He was he was quite unsettled at the club. So why would you want to keep an unhappy club yeah. player on your on your hands? And we look uh, we look better without him. You know, you can I, tell there's a different snap yeah. in the players. And on, on, on that point, I suppose it was interesting that Steve Morrison, you know, said, and it's it's pretty pretty fair comment, really. You know, he hinted at what what a good job, what a good transfer window there had been. You know, he's saying, "Look, you know, you could choose worse managers than me, Nigel, for this job." You know, <laughs> um, I mean, to be to 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 be to be anyway, I'm very unlucky with Doughty, but you know, drama's done great. Two boys up front scoring goals. Yeah. Doughty was looking really good. You know, on a budget, that's pretty pretty kind of strategically intelligent signings, aren't they? He's done really well because. It's- we, we've often been depressed in the tra- recent transfer windows, haven't we? <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. Oh, spending all that money for and all that sort of thing. Yeah. You know, some of the so I think he's done really well. I think the flip side of it is just about everyone he's signed in January is not going to be here come May and not going to be you know for next season. But for the position we were in, I think he's done brilliant to do the business that he has. And um, 
far better than I ever expected because you did wonder what was going on with the support of the board where their heads yeah. were. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, fair dues to all. And hopefully it all goes well for a, a, a strong window in the summer, which is is critical. Yeah. Well, well yeah. And, of course, that, to some extent, that depends who who's in charge uh, then. Yeah, um, Alex, you know, I know... We, we're not, we're not going down the Mick McCarthy route yet, but just like you know, just as because it's a phone and we got to talk about this stuff, he's kind of hinting or seems to be hinting, you know, in the in the press that he kind of wants to keep the job and you know he, he's done a pretty had a pretty good stab at it, but kind of sort of twelve points or so clear from the drop. You know, what, what's your what's your what's your thoughts on that on that at the moment? Um, to be honest, he, he's dropping hints more so that he might actually, you know, be progressing in terms of getting the job. I mean, he, he keeps talking today that he, he's constantly in communication with um, the, you know, the recruitment team. Does does that mean he's, he's already planning for the future ahead? I don't know. Um, we never know until it's officially, you know, posted and announced. But I mean, yeah. if it was my decision, I, I'd, I'd still wait. I think, you know, we, we've seen the overreaction of the board with McCarthy. I always thought that was too soon and to give him such a big contract was, you know, it, it baffled me at the time. And, you know, I sort of, I had this vision that it was all going to go wrong because of how quickly everything sort of got put together as if it was a, a rash decision. Cause I think he was linked to Celtic. And as soon as the Celtic links came out, they, they, they gave him the deal. And it was a bit like, you know, if, if you forced the hand a little bit, there. but um, with Steve Morris, and I think, um, I think you just got to wait until we're we're fully in the position where we know we're playing in the championship next season. Obviously, yeah. week by week we're we're pulling away. Um, but if you were to give him a contract now, I do think that the wheels would maybe slow down a little bit. I think the players understand the situation as well. If they want to keep the manager, they've got to play for the manager. Um, and we are seeing it, you know, even though we did lose um to Millwall and, and the games that we have lost since he's come in, you know, coming and been put Bristol in charge. City being the big one, of course. <laughs> Yeah. He's uh, he's just I don't know the players just seem to understand his his philosophy his views and they're yeah, playing for yeah, him. I, I mean, I think they like him, you know, for what it's worth. Yeah. Uh, Nigel, what I I I'm, I'm guess I know what you pretty well know what you'd say, but you know, is he, is he the man to go forward with? Or I agree know? with Alex. We'll only know after forty six games. Um, yeah, yeah. That, after that Bristol City game you just alluded to, uh, I think yeah. if you took a poll of City fans that day, it would possibly would have been a 50-50 split. On whether he stays or goes, um, because yeah. it was so poor and you there was no cohesion there, and you wondered where we were going. And brilliant, you know, they turned it around, they've had those three wins uh, and they play with a bit more style, but you've got to sustain that. And for me, uh, for Morrison to have a crack in the summer, I'd like to see him take us up the table a little bit, certainly beat Swansea when we get them down here in a few weeks' time. They're the things that will matter. But mm. if he's just going to keep us in this safe position, I think he needs to take now we're in touching distance of uh a clutch of cl- clubs above us. You'd like to see us go past a few yeah. uh, and show that he can, you know, not just stabilise us, but uh, sort of make us rise as well. So so just to be the devil's advocate, which is, you know, it's totally out of character for me, as you, as you know. But um, <laughs> with, with uh, you know, with Steve Morrison, he could argue, I suppose, or uh, somebody in his position could argue that it's not his squad. There's going to be yeah. a massive clear out at the end of the season. He's trying to... Um, uh revolutionize i suppose the way that we we play football and in order to do that he has to have the right pegs in the right holes you know agree and you know it's not his squad but last couple of games isn't it six of the starting lineup in a couple of games 
weren't here at the start of January. So he's, yeah, he's managed made a huge to difference. Yeah. sort of uh, mould it. And, and to be honest, I think that's been one of the key things that there have been one or two of those senior players. They know their marking time. Um, we don't need to name names here. But, you know, they, uh, you know, the fact that they've disappeared out of the squad or they're sitting on the bench and not playing, yeah. um, I think, it, you know, they, the writing's on the wall for a, a couple of those players. And the fact he's freshened it up has made a huge difference. And you've got to give him credit for that. I also think he's matured and learned in the role. Because if you go back a few weeks with that Isaac Davis outburst and um, yeah. know, there was another yeah. one just before that, I think he's learned a hard lesson from those. I'd like to think he has anyway. Yeah, I think it was kind of naive, more... wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, you can understand because he, mm. he didn't have that much experience even at the under-23 level until he took over the team. But no, I think he's... Right. Learned and he's got a you know he's he's got Hudson alongside him and uh, yeah. Ramasit and I think they make a seem to have the maintenance of a good trio. The thing that was worrying me mm. um, a couple of weeks ago was that defence. So you know you thought Hudson's been here a few weeks and that defence looks exactly the same as yeah. you know just conceding gift goals and there was a little bit of that on the weekend. But yeah, the, uh, even are... even even in the Peterborough game, large actually, I, I, in a way talking about the defence. So there was one bit where you know. We almost did another NG. We almost had another NG moment. You know, yeah. it just can be a little bit too cute sometimes. You know, get rid of it. You know, sometimes, yeah. Yeah, most of most of our defenders have, have got that you know ability in them to make a you know a real mistake, a real howler, and most yeah, of them do. Yeah. As well as McGuinness is playing, there's always that moment in Nelson's another one like that. NG certainly, they've all got that in them, so mm. they need to just get. Uh, you know, play it safe. Let's let's play some nice football, but play it further up the pitch, not where not where you're yeah. doing it. I mean, that goes all the way back to the goalkeeper as well. You know, sometimes Smithies are thinking, you know, climb, you know, come on. Completely, yeah. They they've all got those early moments in them, haven't they? And yeah. uh, but I think you know they they will learn from those things. Yeah. I'm sure. Um, you'd like to think so. They're young players; they're learning quite fast. And I think you know the movement of NG into the position he's got has has given them that extra bit of stability because he's a, yeah. Somebody- he's on the right, which is good. Yeah, he can play yeah. the ball. The others are yeah. more cloggers, you know, <laughs> certainly. Uh, and I think it's just given him something a bit different and more stability with it. I mean, it is, you know, bottom line is, for what it's worth, it's better to watch. But after 46 games, if we're still in the championship, then we then we, then we, we can enjoy yeah. it that much more. A couple of good comments coming in. Mark Pontin, uh, you know, we know, we know who you're talking about, Mark. Yeah, we won't talk about him anymore. He's gone. Move on. I hope he enjoys watching Solanke in front of a max of 11,000 every week. So, so no bitterness there. That's not very Valentine's Day of you, Mark, to be honest. But, um, uh, Jeremy Williams is a re- really, really, really good. Again, Jeremy comes up with some really good stuff. Um, four games to go in February. You know, that that's that's how quick. I'll come to you first, Alex, on this. Uh, Coventry, Blackpool, Fulham at home, and then Huddersfield away. How many points would you be happy with? Um, to put it, to, I mean, six. I'd say six because you look at Fulham. I mean, Mitrovic, I, I don't even understand how he scores so many goals. You know, he, he's, a, he's a machine in front of goal. Uh, the championship he will, level he is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You put him in the Premier League and he doesn't replicate it at all. Um, but, you know, you look at the Fulham team, you know, they've got Harry Wilson. Bobby Reed always causes us a couple of problems when we play against him. Mitrovic. Um you know they're they're going to cause our defense problems even if we we played our best game. That's just the, the capabilities of of what you know what they have and stuff. Um, we also have um, Huddersfield, which are they're on a I think they're fourteen games unbeaten or something ridiculous like that. Going well, yeah. Um, and that's an away game. Um, so you know I'm not 
too confident with that. I think six is reasonable because um, after speaking to, to some Coventry fans yesterday, they don't mm. seem as confident about the game as they would have before Reading. I think they had a bit of a slip up on the weekend uh, against Reading. Mm. Um, and a couple of them have said, you know, they'd be happy with the point and, and stuff yeah. like that. So um, I think, you know, reasonably for me, I'd, I'd be happy with six. If we could somehow upset uh, that of Fulham or Huddersfield, then it's a bonus. But I think six is a, is a good baseline for me. So if, if they offered you six now, you'd snap the hand off, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Nige? Yeah, I think with Alex on that one, um, the two home games this week, they've got to get at least four points from uh, the Coventry tomorrow in Blackpool. And Alex is right. I know um, I got a major as a Coventry fan. They, they actually won at Reading. And Junior Hoylet got sent off already. Yeah, he, he did. Yeah, he didn't normally get and sent off, does he? First time he's been sent off in his career. Yeah. yeah. And Reading sat their manager today, but um, Coventry were actually played quite poorly there. We got away with a 3 2. They're not playing as well as they were a few weeks ago where they were touching the playoffs. So, and yeah. their away record isn't too good. I think that was their third or fourth away win last night uh, at the weekend. So I think, yeah, we should be looking at a win tomorrow. You'd like to think we can beat, beat Blackpool, although they're very. You know they they are a very good team, a uh, hard team to beat, and they um they and luckily lost at home to Fulham on the weekend to to late goals. Uh, was it Fulham they played? I think, I think it was. Bournemouth. Was it Bournemouth? Bournemouth? That's right. Sorry, it was Bournemouth. Yeah, yeah Bournemouth yeah, yeah. won in the uh, 91st minute or something like that, wasn't it on the weekend? So, hmm. they, but yeah, the, you're right. Fulham uh, after that, that's going to be a uh, quite a test. But you'd like to think this Cardiff side, we got some we got some ballers now, haven't we? Which we haven't had early in the season. Bit of pace, bit of movement. Yeah, we're more capable of giving Fulham a, a game now than we were this time last month, so yeah. to speak. And, um, and when we played uh, Coventry last time, of course, at their place, you know, they, they were going great, and they were talking about going up on all the rest of it. So you know, we were dying. We were dead for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, we, we were. So yeah, we owe yeah. them from, from back yeah. then. But obviously, most of those players won't be playing tomorrow. But uh, yeah. Yeah, you'd like to think, you know, the, the good recent home form where they had to the corner. They played fantastic yeah. against Forest and fantastic against Peterborough. You'd like to see a continuation of that yeah. now in the, the two home games this week. So, uh, you know, I, I I can be a bit negative, but, you know, I I, I personally, if anyone cares, I, I'd take four points. I'd, I'd take four draws. If we could get yeah. through it with four draws, just keep on picking up those points, you know. I know it's a really boring, terrible thing to say, but there we are. I've I've said it now. Curtis Nelson, do we know how far off um, being fit he is? Any any word on that at all? I'm not sure. I I, I haven't looked at any training pictures or anything to see if he's okay. he's been in there. He's another one for me as well, though. I think. Uh, how do you fit him back into to the system we've got now? I mean, you know, you can't drop NG because he offers so much. No, in that that's right. Yeah. Um, McGuinness, I think. Out, out of the three, I, I don't know if you two would agree, but I think McGuinness may be the one who, who may need not so much to to be taken out of the team because of his form, but he, he is a young player playing nearly every single game, which is... He's somewhat... got a mistake in him, I suppose. Yeah, but, yeah. And I, I really like him. I really like him as a player. I like him. Yeah. I just think that if you push him too hard, you know, it's yeah, with the with the run of games we've got, I mean, it's two, two a week now, some weeks, till the end of yeah. the season, so... I think there's room for rotation there. I think that point yeah, was made earlier on. The thing, Go on, the thing with Manfield as well, don't forget now, is that um, Oliver Denham has um, staked a, a claim for a, a starting yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah. we'll see a bit more of him before the end of the season. So, you know, if we could, I would have no qualms if we rested one of those centre backs and we gave Oliver Denham the game. Um, yeah, we're, we're, you know, once we've got ourselves safe, I don't think you want to gamble too much on that. But um, no, yeah, we've got options that we didn't have before. 
And there was a comment from Chris Hughes-Jones earlier actually talking about rotation and saying, you know, surely Steve has to be smarter, even smarter with rotating the squad. You can't play the same 10 players every three or four days. He does, he does kind of rotate it around, but, you know, um, and uh, is, what, what do you think, Alex, in, in I would say, uh, and I think this is a good way, by the way, and it seems to be working for him. It's almost like he says to those under-23s that came through with him, look, lads, you know, they're senior players. I believe in you. You know, you're, you're you, I, 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 you know, I've got total faith in you. Do you think, do you think that's kind of part of the way it's working out? Yeah. I mean, when he was appointed for me, you know, playing the youngsters from the start, there's no better person at the club that no, could know no. some of these players um, than Steve Morrison. Um, I think rotation is something that is important in our position. Um, you know, we, we, we rotate, but I don't think that, we rotate enough sometimes. I mean, Tommy Doyle um, was out of his depth on Saturday a little bit, um, but I wouldn't rest him for Coventry. It's one of those things. It's you, you outweigh sometimes. I think you've just got to make the rash decision on the spot. And sometimes we do need to rotate that, that extra player. I mean, as Nigel just said about Oliver Denham, um, I wouldn't bring him in yet, but he's definitely one that should come in before the end of the season, whether it's the odd game here, the odd game there, or, or a run of two or three. He is um, the future, isn't he? Definitely. Um, mm. I think he's he's you know him and McGuinness are are the future of of our defence. You know, two yeah. centre halves that are more than capable between the both. But just while you're on, by the way, as well, Alex, because you're the first you know first time on the show, and you know what a fine performance so far with a few minutes to go. Don't blow it. But uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I I wondered if you wanted to talk a little bit about the Canton end, you know, and because you, you know uh, uh, maybe tell tell people who may not know about it yeah so um i run the canton end uh we're mainly based over on twitter um we start well i started the page in i think it was october of last year um because i was home i had an injury and I, i've been at home pretty much since then and i just started it as a bit of fun um you know posting different things and, and writing different articles mainly to do with university and stuff like that and then I sort of saw that there was a platform there. People were in, interacting with the page, and, and now we've got 2,600 followers in about six months. So yeah. we're growing more and more um, by the day, really. And, you know, we do loads of different things. We do podcasts. Um, we do interactive shows after games. So we go live on, on Twitter, on the Twitter spaces, um, and we get, you know, anyone who, who wants to come on and voice their opinion, we always give everyone a chance. Tell them about that um, that Spaces thing too. Oh, yeah. So uh, Spaces is a really useful thing on Twitter. It's similar to this, really. I mean, you know, you, you can pick it's a not, time. It's to not go as like... good as this. No, it's not. You can't see videos and stuff. But uh, yeah, in, ter- in terms of like a, like we do it, it's on the spot after a game. You know, you, can't, you don't have the time to, to set up, you know, what, we, what you have here and, and things like that. So it's just a quick audio catch up with, with fans and stuff. And Great, great idea. People I, I heard it after a little bit after the Peterborough game, and it was a midweek game um, a couple of weeks before, and I heard it after that, and it's really good. I I wasn't even aware of that spaces thing where you've got that live broadcast after a game. No, it's, it's really good. I, excellent. Yeah, so you know we've had. I mean, I get messages all the time, and you know, I pr- I primarily pushed the audience because of how Twitter works, sort of how I, I how I post my tweets. Sometimes you know it, it, it's really interactive with. The younger generation of fans, which is what I am myself. What are you so. trying to say, Alex? <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 one of those. Um, I just sort of, you know, 
there's there's a lot of people who are sort of just I mean, you see it with with the Liverpool game, for example, you know, how many people wanted to go to that game? And then we had yeah. the lack of attendance in, in the midweek game after. So it's all about trying to bring yeah. the fan base together from people my age to the older generation, because we are actually, you know, we have um, a couple of, I think that, you know, in the older category of fans on, on our spaces and stuff. And it's nice to have the interaction between the, the younger audience and the older audience. Yeah, and just to say, you know, this this is quite a, has been quite a traditional platform. It started off as, a, as a, you know, it was a phone in, you know, a, a radio show. It still goes out on radio stations, but um, you know, it's all it's, there's a family of supporters at every football club. There's a family of supporters and generational support for Cardiff City, and you know, all of those all of those platforms are are you know what the club should be embracing and working with to uh, you know connect with the fan base. So it's. It's really important, actually. Um, so uh, Jeremy Williams has got one final question. I'll come to the pair of you on. I'll come to you first, Nigel. Uh, it's a really good one, actually. Um, at this, this stage of the season, what one question? Uh, so you're you're in the boardroom now, Nigel. Yeah, okay, you know. Yeah. What what one what one question would you ask the board at the moment? Apart from can we have Klaus Pies back next season? <laughs> um, it's all about summer plans, Steve. You need to understand, um, and I do think I, I said on this show last week that the club are making a good effort with social media, um, and it, that is Steve Morrison's trying to get the players and himself connected back with the fans, which totally went a well and did Mick McCarthy, and that that did alienate um, supporters from the club and, and create a lot of bad feeling. I think they've done a lot of work to undo that, but. We still have a, a real disconnect between Vincent Tan, Dalman, and, and, and it, would dare I even say a, an element of distrust in that? Because we don't know. We've not heard from him in such a long time. You hear from Dalman once a season when he meets fans and he, he'll give one radio interview and that's it. And he's the chairman. And what's happened to, um, <laughs> what's his name, the, the other director, the Malaysian director? Yeah. Where's Ken yeah. Chu gone? He used to be very open with fans. Mm. I, I don't even see or hear from him anymore. Vincent Tan, not seen or hear from him for a couple of years, really. So I think we need to hear back from the top top table. What are their plans for the club? Because we are going through a huge transition and, and we are hitting a, a key point, strategic point with this club this summer. All those pros are leaving us. We're going to have a load of kids left and, and yeah. hardly any seniors. What are their plans to take us forward? It's a difficult time in the current climate. We all know that, but we need to have some understanding from the top. And we got none at the moment, in fairness. Alex? I think I'd be the same with Nigel. I would want to know where we're going from here. I mean, Duck, we, we've, we've had a major underachieving season. We can't have another one of these. Um, it puts too much sort of shadow over the club in terms of, you know, if we, if we were to go down, what happens then? You know, and that was very much a question people were asking each other. Um, you know, a month or two ago. So I think transparency would be nice. Um, and that, that that comes from whoever you are as a fan. You know, you, you want to know what is actually going on um, behind the scenes. I, I think there's a new, there's, there's a director of some sort on Twitter. Um, he came under backlash the other day um, during the Liverpool game because he, he, he t- tweeted, actually, he didn't say, he sort of just tweeted, you know, come on Cardiff instead of, you know, we can do this as if there's real disconnect, you know, the people that are working as part of the board and to, you know, do they really, 
pay attention to the club if it's not a big game like the Liverpool game, for example. I've done that, man. He's a non-executive director, isn't he? And they supposedly recruited him because he he's got he's a brilliant stats man and he, he's a recruiter and all the rest of it. And then um, we had a, a terrible loss earlier this season, and, and he's when, tweeted about seventeen winning in the Champions League at Inter Milan or something like that. And then he's a Liverpool fan. He's not interacted with Cardiff fans at all. And you know, it's great he's on Twitter. But not the way to behave. <laughs> it's not. I mean, it's, but he's the only face in that top table. We, I know Steve Borley, in fairness, tweets quite a bit as well. But you know, Steve Borley's not a decision maker at the club. You know, and it, so these are the people who are yeah, the decision yeah. makers. And it, the only one we hear from is this guy mm. tweeting all sorts of things, but anything other than Cardiff. Steve Borley, how how, how we'd love to get you on the show. Billy, Billy Lark says, um, when was the last time Dalman attended a match? which is kind of an open question, which yeah. kind of hangs out, I suppose. And then Steve Thomas says, I remember MK, MK Don's away in the League Cup. Dalman and Chu uh, were in the away end talking to fans. They get a lot of respect if they did that kind of thing again. You know, I mean, it's not such a bad call, is it? No, I don't think so. I think the, the last time I've seen anything about Ken Chu was when he got on the supporters bus um, yeah. for, for yeah. the derby. I, I don't remember the situation with that, but he was... He was on the supporters bus, whether it was before or after the game, I'm not too sure, but I'm pretty sure since then I haven't seen, you know, people would post pictures of him if he, if he popped up somewhere, if they were speaking to him outside the ground or if he popped on one of the buses, but I haven't seen anything since since that day um, to do with Ken Chu in particular. And he, he did used to be very visible, um, you know, and he was, he was yeah, a, yeah. a really good communicator. And that's why I said the question, where is he gone? I don't know. Is he even interact? You know, is, is he still around at the club? There's some, Thinks he's not even in the air. Some people are suggesting he's not even in the area anymore, which I thought he was. But yeah, it's it's it does feel like a it's just connect from the top. Um, and there's other clubs who protest. You know, look at Reading protesting on the weekend because they don't know the direction of their club with their owners. And Birmingham are doing their thing. There is an uncertainty about what is the future direction of the club, and we could do with some interaction and some communication around that. Okay. Particularly if they want to buy, they want to buy in season tickets in a few weeks' time. That's a good way to end the show. Actually, you know, what is the future for Cardiff City, and why should we buy season tickets? I hope you're right about Coventry CCFC versus CCFC, the Sky yeah. Blues versus the Proper Blues. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> but uh, to Alex and Nigel, thank you both uh, ever so much. Great show. Thanks, Alex. And I'll speak to you both. Thanks, thanks for having me. The Cardiff City Show on GTFM is sponsored by Moonerums, your local personal injury solicitors. Get in touch by calling Cardiff 02920 483 615. That's Cardiff 02920 483 615.